Hello, welcome to the OSU Sports Extra podcast. I'm Patrick Prince, joined as always by Dean Rule on a rainy Wednesday. Dean, is it raining in Stillwater? It's a little cloudy here. That's it? It's cloudy? It poured heavy last night, but gotcha. we've since gotten past that. Right it's a on. new day, Patrick. <laughs> new day. New, new horizons. Day, rainy day. All right. Well, we got a couple things we can get into. I guess we can start with basketball. What They've gone from a five-game winning streak. Now they've lost three straight. Um, is Dean, is there – you know, things kind of went off the rails at West Virginia a little bit. Has there been a common theme to these three losses? The, the common theme is is defense. It's it's evaporated, Patrick, and this has been the mainstay all year. Yeah, for but them. yeah, how is that possible? That's what that was one of their hallmarks. Yeah, so I mean, in the past three games, they have allowed ninety point six points per game, Patrick. It's hard to win games, and and their offense has has looked good at points during that. Um, but to compete with that numbers is tough. And I'd look at two different things on this. Um, I think for sure Avery Anderson being out, they're still trying to learn how to play with him uh, or play without him rather. And, you know, it's growing pains because I think offensively, um, you know, when when it was announced that Avery Anderson wasn't going to be playing, I think offensively when Mike Boynton says, hey, his – duties are going to be distributed you know between the guards maybe two or three guys need to step up and score a couple extra points a game I think that's doable but when we look at Avery Anderson the defender I don't think there's anybody else on that team who can do what he does defensively Um, and when you're playing you know a team like Kansas who's getting hot who looks like a every bit possible you know every bit likely that they could repeat as national champions. And when you're playing a TCU team that gets Mike Miles and Eddie Lampkin back, um, you're going to, when the defense is not there, when you don't have that great on-ball defender like Avery Anderson is, you're, you're going to see struggles. Um, and then I think a couple other things factor into the West Virginia laws, but still that that's the common theme is not having Avery Anderson. Um, so I think that's the biggest factor in in what's going on. And then also, at least in the past two games, Patrick, Caleb Boone has sat on the bench most of the games. Mm-hmm. Um, he's getting into early foul trouble. And so while that probably affects them more off, more on an offensive side than a defensive side, um, nonetheless, it, it's going to affect the team overall. And then I think the third thing that you can point to are uh, turnovers, Patrick. In the past three games, against Kansas, they had 15. Against TCU, they had 17. And against West Virginia, they had 18. Uh, and that 18 ties the season high that, that they set against Texas way back in January. Um, so I think those are the three things I would point to when we talk about why all of a sudden they're on this skid. Um, because, yeah, when you're allowing 90.6 points per game, Patrick, something's, something's wrong with the defense. And I think when you, you, you can point to – no Avery Anderson and still trying to learn without learn to play without him. And then uh, I think Caleb Boone missing a ton of minutes in the past two games. Um, so what do you so what do you do? I don't know, Patrick. That's a, it's a good question because you'd be a coach if you knew the answer, right? Exactly. I'd be over in Gallagher Iowa Arena right now in an office, not uh not chatting with you, but you know, I think 
we, there's three games left on, on the schedule. And so I think maybe if we look at this philo philosophically, you know, is it something that can be changed or is this just who you are? Because we're at the, you know, the final, the dying stretch of the regular season leading into the Big 12 tournament. Um, and I think that maybe you can say that's the case with the turnovers because the turnovers have been an issue all year. And, and I, you know, they, they talk about, wanting to have it fixed and, and working on it and, and doing all these things. But, you know, it might, it might just be part of the team identity. They turn the ball over, you know, it's a, they live or die by that uh, type of thing. And, you know, I think something like Caleb Boone, that's not going to, the stretch he's on right now is not going to last. He's going to get it figured out and get back into the rhythm he was in, I, I believe. Because, um, you know, against Kansas, he set a career high, Patrick. He scored 27 points. And then in the past two games, he's, scored seven points in 16 minutes across two games. Um, partially being he fouled out against West Virginia, and then uh, he got into early foul trouble against TCU, and so he, he saw a drop in his minutes. And so I, I think that's something that's going to be resolved. Um, yeah, but but I think the biggest question is, can you can you come close to, to replicating what Avery Anderson was able to do on defense? And you know, I, I'm sure I'm sure the Cowboys will be able to do something. I'm sure they'll figure it out. And I think getting back-to-back -back home games this week um, helps, maybe, maybe just from a confidence standpoint. Uh, but they are going to uh, the, those those two games are going to be against tough teams, and so I, we'll see how it how it all shakes out in the final this final stretch. But uh, what we do know, Patrick, is in roughly, well, I guess in in. Uh, a week, one week of, of play. They they've played three games and they've gone from an eight seed. Experts were projecting them as an eight seed in the NCAA tournament to they've now fell all the way down to an eleven seed and they're back on the bubble. Yeah, that was my next question. So we have three games in the regular season left. Saturday, uh, Kansas State at home, Baylor on Monday at home, and then Tech on the road next Saturday, March fourth. So what what do they have to do? I mean, the obvious answer is, is is win. But I mean, let's say they lose two of these three. Let's say they lose Kansas State and Baylor, but win at Tech. Are they are they in? I I think they would need to. I'm not saying they have to go out and win the Big Twelve tournament, but I think they need to do something there. Um, I thought they might slide a little farther after losing against West Virginia, but they didn't. Um, so so that might be a sign of kind of where. Uh, these these you know bracketology experts are viewing the Cowboys because they still do have that uh, a, you know the signature win is going to be beating Iowa State at home. Um, I guess they swept Iowa State this year uh, when you mm -hmm. had the win against them uh, in Gallagher Iba. Um, they beat a rank a top ranked TCU team who was without two of their best players. Um, so so I think they the resume right now obviously has them in because of their seating but uh I think when we look I think you, you want to try to pick up another win and then maybe another win or two in the big 12s um to really be safe and and, and feel good about getting in the tournament but uh with the way these three three teams are playing that they're about to face Patrick I, it's going to be hard because Baylor looks great Kansas State looks great obviously they're both top 15 teams but uh Texas Tech kind of looks like a buzzsaw right now, Patrick, especially after being, you know, they beat Texas, they beat uh, Kansas State. 
they're they've gotten hot all of a sudden and you have to go OSU has to go to Lubbock for that one. Yeah. Yeah. So some some work to be done. Uh all right, you want to talk a little football? Why not, Patrick? Why not? We can always talk football. Of course. What's going on with Brian Nardo? So as uh, we had contract details, those came out last night. Um, it's it's what you'd expect, Patrick, for a guy coming from a D2 school up to D1. It's three years, uh, $650,000 a year. Um, basic stuff. I assume there there wasn't much controversy getting to that number. And uh, so we'll see. Uh, it's become a little bit of a trend for Gundy to give out those multi-year contracts to assistants. And we see that carry over with his new deal. Yeah. Has, what did you think of the media availability that OU had uh, last week with its newcomers? That, that was a great idea, right? Oh, I love that idea, Patrick. I think that's great, you know, especially in the era. I think, I don't know if it gets lost in the in the shuffle of everything, but uh, I don't think everybody's thought about it this way yet. But when you've got all these new guys coming into – a new town, whether through the transfer portal or through high school recruitment, um, especially in the age of NIL, getting those kids' names out there early, getting them, you know, recognition and, and notoriety within the community that could, you know, maybe help lead to NIL deals for them, especially when you're given an opportunity to talk and kind of show some personality and maybe some companies gravitate towards you after hearing you talk. I think that's great. Um, and so, so I applaud OU, or OU for doing that and making all these guys available and letting them talk and letting them, you know, show who they are. Uh, especially as, you know, college football gets more and more about, you know, there's paranoia, paranoia, you know, Patrick, with making people available and all that. And so I, so I commend OU for doing that. And, and I think uh, for all the folks who were down there, I think uh, everybody who was involved in, really enjoyed that experience. Yeah, and it was, I mean, just speaking as a, a reader of sports, it was great to get to know those guys a little bit from, you know, and reading about, you know, Trace Ford, you know, and him him going from, you know, Stillwater to Norman and Jackson Arnold and, you know, Peyton Bowen, who said he should be at Oregon if not for a paperwork snafu. I mean, um, you know, and TU has something – that they're planning kind of a meet and greet with all of their new coaches since they have a new staff. I wish, I wish OSU would do something similar. You think, you think there's any chance they might do something like this? Oh, I don't, I, I would probably say, yeah, I'll never say no. I'll never say it's impossible. Um, we'll see what happens, but I think it's a, it's a win-win for everybody. You know, it's a win-win for, yeah. you know, for us media folks, it's great to go out and get to, you know, build relationships with some of these guys. And then it's also great for the fans who get to read and learn, especially in February, where February is probably the slowest football month, Patrick, I would I would assume. And so, so for fans to be able to get a little football fix in February and learn about these new guys, I think it's great. And then for the players, I, I think it's also great because it lets them kind of start to kickstart their brand lets them get in front of a camera and, sh and talk and, and be themselves and you know show what they're all about yeah yeah it was a great idea great event kudos to OU I wish I wish I wish you would do something similar um all right you want to anything else about football you want to talk a little, little baseball a little baseball softball 
Let's talk some diamond sports. Let's wrap it up there, Patrick. All right, where do you want to start? Softball or baseball? Let's let's talk baseball because uh, I guess we're recording this on a Wednesday. So last night they uh, they hosted Cal Baptist for a little midweek game and um, combined. I think that they had six pitchers or five pitchers go last night, Patrick. They had a combined no hitter, um, including um, they got to you know, kind of right the ship after they allowed 32 runs uh, this past weekend, opening weekend, Patrick, down in Arlington against between Missouri, Vanderbilt, and Arkansas. Uh, they allowed 32 runs, so they got to kind of right the ship a little bit there, get get back on track. Um, so I think that's good for them, and and they're still figuring that out. You know, I, I think the pitching staff, the pitching rotation, the bullpen, it, it's something that, you know, Josh Holiday has always been – it, it's something this early stretch of the season is getting everybody right, making sure you know where people are going to thrive at and getting them in that spot. So, I, so there's, it's still a work in progress. Not because it's a, I'm not saying it's a terrible staff, Patrick. I'm just saying it's a work in progress. They're still trying to figure out where everybody's going to fit the best. Um, you know, as you kind of get rolling into conference play, um, and Nolan Nolan McLean is back. Um, how about this, Patrick? He he had the most strikeouts last year. Bro, she had 107 strikeouts, most on the team. Um, but down in Arlington in, in that three-game stretch, he walked six times, struck out only twice, and hit a uh, hit a huge. It had like an this home run he hit, Patrick, had like an exit velocity of 112 miles per hour. Just smoked this ball. Um, so he's back, and and it's the Nolan McLean everybody knew from last year. Uh, he he's kind of picked up where he left off. All right, what's going on with uh, softball? So I, before we talk softball a little bit, you know, you had the little story on Talon Edwards, who she should be in high school at Southmore High School, um, but is not, is starting left fielder for the Cowgirls, and she's she's off to a pretty good start. She's off to a very good start, Patrick. She's batting, the, she's got the second highest batting average on the uh, the Cowgirls team as, a, as an 18-year-old. Uh, I think it was... Hopefully I don't get my numbers mixed up. I think it was 485 she's batting. Um, and the only girl that beats her is Rachel Becker, who transferred in from Purdue. Uh, she's their second baseman this year. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, she's batting 500 right on the dot. I think she's got 11 hits on 22 at-bats. Um, and then also um, Kylie Naomi's had a pretty, uh, pretty impressive start to the season for the Cowgirls. She's got the third highest batting average at uh, 485. Or 458, excuse me, uh, with four home runs, and and that's kind of inconsistent with the rest of uh, her career uh, to be at four home runs already. Because in all but one other season, she's only hit at most eight, uh, so she's already halfway there. And, and I have a feeling she's going to eclipse that. And I think that's that's great for OSU because coming into the season, I think a lot of the questions were, "Where's the power going to come from?" And and she's kind of stepped up into that role. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be really fun, a fun softball season with with OSU as good as they are and OU um, always as good as they are. Um, you know, both in the top five. Obviously, it's 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 going to be a fun season. I feel like. No, hundred percent agree. And OSU, especially, I think something interesting that they're doing, and I know OU is doing it as well. Um, they're talking about four pitcher rotations, and that's kind of unheard of in in recent years in softball. The you know, I think you can even go back more than a decade, and it was most teams just had their one pitcher that they'd bring out there every game. And 
she'd throw the seven innings and and move on. And, you know, they'd, there'd be a second option every once in a while. Uh, but to see OSU and, and OU2 kind of getting deeper in their pitching staffs and being able to use four arms and, you know, keep everybody fresh and keep everybody, you know, especially when you when you get in a postseason play where you're seeing teams that you've seen before, to be able to put out an, a, a new arm out there that that, that team didn't see, I, I think that's a, a pretty big competitive advantage too. Yeah, for sure. All right. Anything else on your mind or should we wrap it up? I think we should wrap it up, Patrick. All right. We appreciate you checking us out. You can download us for free on Google, Apple, or Spotify. Dean and I usually come at you once a week. Dean, have a good weekend, and uh, we'll talk next week. Of course.